everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. It's episode 27, I believe. My name is Ben Jackson and it's good to be back on the podcast after last week. Obviously, I know Scott and yours did a fantastic job just soloing it without me. Almost thought I was didn't, didn't need to come back. Could have just stayed away and just listened to it all without having to put in any effort. But no, it's good to be back and uh, thank you guys for doing that for me. Really appreciate that we can keep producing these podcasts for you, even if one of us has to drop out, which also leads me to say that, of course, I'm joined by Scott and Joris again. They never miss a podcast, which is fantastic for you guys because they are our Belgian football experts. Uh, how are you guys doing? Hi, Ben. How are you? First of all, I should say welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Do you know, I've I've spent the last few days painting my living room and I want to mention this because the living room is now all blue. And after I painted it, I thought, what does that remind me of? I went, yeah, that's that's ginky blue that is. <laughs> Although some people might want to arm wrestle me and suggest that it's it's Ghent blue. But either way, it's it's Belgian football blue and it's nicely complemented with a green velvet L-shaped couch. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> I would have thought you'd have gone for more of a, a red and yellow personally a bit of a mechelen mechelen uh, living room but i feel like that probably would be a little bit more over the top yeah i can do that in another room though can't i good idea you give me an idea now <laughs> there we go yours how are you have you got a, a blue wall a blue room for your no gang? no i don't i don't at home actually i do but not not here <laughs> uh, well back at home in Belgium, i mean uh but yeah scott uh, i still have to see the the images from that room then i can actually judge if it's hint or hint blue <laughs> because there's definitely still a difference yeah quite right there is they, they're incoming they are anyway uh yeah I, i'm myself uh i'm good i'm good happy to have ben back as well and also, I'm now wondering, since Ben mentioned it like this, before we actually go to the uh, to the podcast, I don't want to scare the, the listeners away or, uh, by blabbing on too much, but is it really soloing if we were a duo? <laughs> That's true. That is, yeah, I guess grammatically I got that wrong, but you know what I meant. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's move on from grammar and living rooms and let's just dive straight in, shall we? I'm just going to do a little rundown of the results from this weekend before we dive into kind of like looking at them. So first off, we had a cracker on Friday night with Antwerp against Vaslan Bethlehem. I finished 3-2 to Antwerp. That was a really good game. We're definitely going to talk about that one. Uh, then we had a nil-nil to start Saturday off. It was uh, Mechelen against Genk. Erpen uh, drew 1-1 with Musclon. Leuven lost uh, 1-0 to Beershot. Kortrijk lost again. They lost 3-1 to Chalua. Club Rouge came back uh, from 1-0 down to beat Standard Liège 3-1. Zorta Valagem beat Usten 2-1. Anderlecht and Ghent drew 0-0. And then St. Fluden beat Circle Brugge 3-0 to round off the weekend. Scott, obviously going to go straight to you. And yeah, I think I know where you're going to start. Yeah, well, we're off to um, we're off to the Bossel Stadion, everyone. Ben's preempted me slightly by mentioning kind of Friday night's cracker, uh, the game between Antwerp and Vaslan Beveren, which is what I went for for my game of the week. I went for this not so much because of the game, which was quite good, uh, which had two really good goals actually, which which we'll come to in a minute. It was more more what I kind of spotted watching the game. Obviously, it's still very, very early days for Frankie Verkoutren at uh, Antwerp, but um, I'm beginning to detect a definite change of approach and playing style. Antwerp seemed to have, have now jettisoned that kind of high-tempo, aggressive, counter-attacking game that was so exciting to watch in favour of something that's a little bit more patient and uh, more possession-based, I would say. I don't want to give people the impression when I say counter-attacking that that's necessarily a negative thing and that when I mention possession, that's a, a 
a positive thing equally. I think a lot of football fans make the mistake that counter-attacking means a negative and is an implicit criticism, which it kind of isn't, and that possession-based football is inherently good because it isn't always. It's just, yeah, we're starting to see, I think, evidence of the change in playing style. And I know there's been some injuries enforced upon Frankie Verkouten and other little squad issues that, that have forced some players to be missing for him. But... Um, we're definitely starting to see a slightly different feel to the way Antwerp set up and playing games, and that's what I took away from this. No, no less, no less interesting to watch. I should, I should highlight that actually. There's still a kind of attacking emphasis there, but I think um, they're prepared to be a little bit more pragmatic. I think from what I've seen personally, I miss that kind of high tempo, aggressive approach that they used to play with. Because I think from a fan's point of view, and certainly from a neutral's point of view, that's that that's really really good to watch. But it's going to be interesting to see how this develops because there hasn't been quite the reliance on Rafailov that Leko had. Um, and obviously Imbakani has been absent for a number of reasons, pretty much since Verkouteren came in. So yeah, the, the ship is turning in a different direction there, I think. Yeah, no, it was an absolute cracking game. Um, and yeah, it's interesting that you say about the playing styles and kind of moving away from Antwerp a little bit, I wanted to kind of hold my hands up a little bit because I think I might have said it to you guys in a chat message like a long time ago about... Um, uh, Michael Fry, the um, Fazan striker. I'm watching him last year play for Nuremberg in the Zweite Bundesliga, and he just looked like he just looked terrible. Really, <laughs> looked absolutely terrible. Like that team wasn't good. I think that's part of the fact. I'm not saying that Fazan Beverly was amazing, but like you can see the difference between where, how he played there to how he's playing here. It's like he had no confidence over there. He couldn't even control the ball at some points, just missing chances. When he came over, I was a bit like, oh, like really? Like, is is this a good signing or something like that? But he's just, I think he's been really, really good for them. Um, scored a penalty, which was calmly done. Scored another pretty decent goal as well. He's led the line for them quite well this season, I think. Oftentimes, they've struggled to have, they haven't, don't always have the ball. He doesn't have that many chances. So he has to work a lot harder than some of the other strikers in the league, just like to get chances or to put pressure on teams. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of like hold my hands up and admit, I think, I don't, not admit, but kind of like, I think he's a prime example of how players aren't necessarily bad players. They're just in wrong situations or the situation isn't right. And I feel like him moving here is arguably less pressure because um, Nuremberg are a bigger side. They're expecting to get promotion from the Zweite Bundesliga in Germany. Like they're one of the bigger clubs in Germany, whereas he's come over here to Belgium. There's less pressure and he just looks like a completely different player, to be honest. So I'm happy to see him score two goals. Is your player of the week from this one, Scott? I feel like there's a potential player of the week in this game that I don't think any, <laughs> quite a few people probably wouldn't be happy about. Well, it is from this game, and I can't quite believe I'm about to say this, but my player of the week, and he kind of had to be, to be honest, Didier Lamkelzy, who some some of you might know. Yeah, he just he, he had a really good game. He scored two goals in this game, both of them really good. One of them had a slight element of luck to it and was a bit cheeky, but I do think he meant it. But his his first goal was a was an absolute pile driver. What a goal! He just lashed it from about twenty five yards out with a little bit of curling. It just you know swung into the top corner. Yeah, I mean he just had such a positive impact in this game I think you know and 
I just wish, you know, his goal celebration with the first goal, which was amazing, I just kind of thought, oh, tone it down a little bit, mate, because it was just, there was something slightly distasteful about it. You know, it had a, a messianic quality to it, I suppose, where, of course, being Lamkill Z, he made it all about himself. No, I don't, I don't want to take away anything from the fact clearly enjoyed that, because it was a pretty special goal. Um, so I'm not going to be churlish about it. But, yeah, it's just really surreal to be here after the season he's had up till now, where he's just, you know, he's he's, he's been nowhere, obviously. And, and since Verkouten came into Antwerp, he's obviously brought him back into the fold very controversially. Um, Antwerp fans still pretty unhappy about this. But since he's come back in, I think it was he scored now, is it three and, three and four games, something like that? Is looking quite good. Turned down a move the last minute yesterday to, to China, quite a lucrative move for him. So he's going to be staying at Antwerp. And, and at the moment, that big gamble that Verkouten's played about bringing him back into the fold seems to be working. So he, he had to be my player of the week, really. Yeah, no, those that first goal was an absolute screamer. And I kind of get what you're saying about like both, I guess, both celebrations for both goals. You're just a bit like, mm, yeah, just maybe tone it down a bit because you know that everyone's pretty annoyed with you. And at the end of the day, it's kind of your fault because you kind of did antagonize the entire fan base with your actions and it's like I don't know I just find you watch those goals and you're just like it's it's more frustrating because you know there's a good player in there like mm. we've I think we've all maintained that he's a good football player like there's no doubt he's got talent and on his day he could be one of the top players in this league but when is it his it's not his day that often and more often than not he's doing stuff off the pitch that's just kind of like ruining that and it's like this is all well and good these goals and stuff and his performances but the kind of whether or not this is a new Lam Calzi, we won't know until a couple of months down the line, will we really? Like in two months time, he might have done something else stupid and turned up in like a beer shot shirt or something and celebrated with an Andalek shirt on underneath his uh, Antwerp shirt. You just, you just don't know what's going to happen. He's, um, he's, he's a complete loose cannon, I think, um, which is, you know, why people kind of are, are so wary of him. I mean, I, I didn't really understand the risk that Verkouten uh, chose chose to take when they decided to bring him back into the fold. I thought this is this is a huge, huge call this. But I suppose, see when you think about it from the outside, he's as controversial and as as much of a loose cannon as he is, that can work for you, I think, equally as well. And I think that's the gamble that Rakoutran's taking here. He's thinking, hang on a minute, we can we can use this, you know, with a little bit of luck. And luckily for him at the moment, it appears to be kind of paying off. I think you're right. The, the bigger question is, long term, is he going to continue to do his talking on the pitch? Um, which is, is obviously the most important thing. Um, but at the moment, he's, he's certainly becoming one of um, the great old's main men. Um, things have swung away from Rafailov and Embakani kind of in, in Lamkelzi's favour. And, and in a way, that plays into his hands. But maybe he needs that. Maybe he needs that. Look, you know, you're the man now. Just, you know, just, you know, be the man on the pitch, not off the pitch. <laughs> The reason why he was brought back was also partly because of injuries, of course. For example, that you already yeah. touched on it's like completely in the beginning. But for example, in Bokani also, he is injured now. So that's, well, they, they really don't have a replacement for him. Mm. Well, Mbenza is there, but he also had some issues, I suppose. Or they didn't, yeah, they still needed someone in, at least in the squad 
to then indeed put them in the 11, that's already something else. Yeah, still, that, I guess that played some role in that. But yeah, I, yeah, I think we said it all. Well, you guys said it all uh, now already. I, I faced the same struggle with, uh, while puzzling for my team of the week. Should I put him in or not? But like, yeah, his performance was just good and decisive mostly. So yeah, and just that strike that just deserved <laughs> it alone. That's yeah. the first one. Yeah, no, it is like, and like, I really hope that this is like a turning point for him because I really like, enjoy watching him play. And as a footballer, like he's got all the talent in the world. It'd just be nice if like this is the moment where he's just that that whole crazy moment with the Anderlecht shirt and all that was kind of just like the end of it. Like the big moment where it was like, okay, no, this needs to stop. Like you can't keep like acting like this. Like there's, there's room for Mavericks and there's room for like players who are like, just different but there's ways of being different yes that are like kind of more acceptable than others like you can be a maverick you can be like eccentric but just like channel it in certain different ways so yeah i hope i hope he can keep it up i don't i know that antwerp fans might not be happy about that but at the end of the day it yeah it is what it is i think we'll move on now to my game of the week which yeah i don't think i've picked zolta in a game of the week yet but uh, i've done it for this week I watched their game against East End on the wood and despite pitch, I actually really, really enjoyed the game. I thought because of the pitch, it actually kind of played more into East End's hand, pressed and stuff. Like it's so hard to control the ball on a bobbly pitch and then you have East End pressing you. Like they made it really, really difficult for Zulta in the first half, I think. Fashion Sackler obviously gave them the lead. Like who else scores for East End these days? That man is on absolute fire. I know yours, you've got some stats about him later that we'll definitely get to. But yeah, he could have had a couple in this game. I think he had four shots, all of them on target. Uh, he completed the most dribbles in this game. Just fantastic performance from him again i really like the way they pair him with the uh like a bigger striker obviously it's usually makhtar gave he didn't play in this one they started fascina instead and i thought he did all right he kind of like linked the play helped sackler like move around and stuff but yeah another nice finish from him and then typical zolta just like taking advantage of your mistakes and gianni bruno who again is having a really really good season like Sakala probably a bit more under the radar because of who he's playing for as well but he capitalized on a just a bit of terrible defending I think two of the centre-backs go for the same ball from a set piece it drops to Bruno and he puts it in I think maybe you could see the absence of Hendry there because obviously he didn't play for Ustend and that kind of back three has been quite settled with uh, him uh, Tiata and Tange and you take him out and maybe that caused some confusion. And then in typical football fashion, when you don't take your chances, the other team usually go on and win. And Yeli Vossen scored the winner for Zoltavell again in the 65th minute. A nice low finish. Yeah, I was surprised I didn't see that coming. I think they just, they're very good at sticking around. And if you don't take your chances against Zolta, they will find a way to get into the game and take the win. So yeah, that was my game of the week, uh, despite the terrible pitch. It was actually quite an enjoyable game, which was quite nice. In terms of my players of the week, I've kind of cheated a little bit, but technically not. I've taken two from two players, but this time I've taken one from the second division as well. I'll get to him in a second. Uh, first player I've gone for is Clinton Matter, one of the best defenders in the league, to be honest. But actually, it was his going, like play going forward that um, kind of caught my eye this week. I think he had two assists, if I'm right. No, just one assist, but he was involved in like a lot of the attacking defensively as well I think he won like 11 duels or something so that's really impressive attempted two dribbles he completed two dribbles one of them was definitely for the assist for one of the goals attempted three tackles won three tackles 
had one aerial battle that he won, a couple of interceptions, seven recoveries, just like an all-round dominant performance from Clinton Matter. I know he made your team with a weak Yoris. I'm not surprised, really. Yeah, he was another key player in the win for Bluge, obviously alongside Noah Lang. It was kind of a toss-up between Noah Lang and Clinton Matter, but I thought I'd favour the defenders because defenders don't always get a shout out in our players of the week or kind of like teams of the week or anything like that, really. My second one is Manfred Ugalde of Lommel SK. Scored a wonderful, wonderful hat-trick. If you haven't seen it, definitely go on to the YouTube Pro League or the Eleven Sport channel and check out the highlights because, yeah, great headers. The first one, he's involved in all the play, helps set it up. But the third one's definitely the one to watch. It's like a diving header at the back post into the bottom corner. It's a fantastic goal. And Lommel are starting to, like push into that kind of promotion playoff sort of qualification spot so i know we've talked about how tight it is in the pro league at the top but the second division is starting to get really really tight especially around that second place and lommel are definitely one to look out for alongside a couple of others but yeah those are my that's my game of the week and player of the week and yoris over to you to kind of give us a nice little rundown of everything else that happened I forgot to mention it before, but I will return to Scott's game again. Beveren also gave away the lead twice, uh, not the lead, a draw uh, in the in the last minutes inside one week, and twice it was with the same scoreline. Uh, yeah, it, from two two, it went to three two for their respective opponents, and also three two seems to be a, a recurring scoreline in the f- last few weeks. But uh, that's just a, a random musing of, out of the top, off the top of my head right now. Yeah, but all, what else do I have? Yeah, lot, the last four games, Clubrio went behind at some point in the game at least, but they won all four of those games. And before that streak, they actually never recovered. We're not able to recover when they went behind. Yeah, unfortunately, that that's already one of these reasons why now, yeah, there's not really... A title race anymore it seems like then uh, a stat that i already mentioned uh, to you guys before the game was played already uh when Hink uh, was playing in michele like that i didn't really ruin anything because it was a v- fairly dull result the nil nil but only two wins um did uh, does Hink have in history at the the after the caserne or how the name is now of the stadium afa stadium i believe uh, and um, and in one of these, uh, Mechelen also ha- was that was in a season where Mechelen had gone bankrupt uh, or almost gone uh, bankrupt and played with youngsters and low knees, so that was not really a very competitive game anymore. On the, in the cup, on the other hand, Kink have won all encounters with Mechelen so far, also at their ground. So it's a, it's a, it's really a league thing. So apparently, that's not it's quite a bogey team for for Kink uh, in there in that specific game. Ben already mentioned Sakala, indeed. Uh, I want what he's having, because everyone is actually <laughs> just all about... I don't know what he's having, though, but I do want it. Everyone is all about Bas Dost starting his career in Belgium with five goals in January, which is impressive, of course, but still, he's a, yeah, coming from a better league. It's not completely surprising. But Sakala is actually even bettering him with an astonishing amount of seven goals in, in January. So, yeah, just want to give him another shout out uh, after Ben already did that as well. And another thing, um, yeah, Beerschot barely is conceding in the last few games and got three clean sheets in a row now. A team I also touched on last week where they, at that time, they got their first clean sheet in 
since the first game of the season, I believe even, uh, and was only the second. And now they have three in a, in a row, which uh, is, of course, already a complete difference uh, with how Losala was playing uh, with them, uh, which is yeah the real a real difference. And on the other hand, that's a bit unfortunate for us as a neutral. Also, their own goal production ha- has gotten less, so they're scoring <laughs> le- they're scoring less, but they're still they're gaining points again. So they they're getting back into this into this fight for top eight at least yeah and i think they will be happy with that um just also one interesting fact it didn't help them though because lately they're not winning at home or away and i'm, I'm completely jinxing Henk for this weekend as well with this but <laughs> Anderlecht did not go behind at home yet uh, all season long which i find a quite interesting stats given the position that they're in so of course they've given away some things but of course to give away something you have to be ahead at first and they didn't never really develop it, it all ended in draws and not in losses i found that quite an interesting stats this far in the season you know that under that one's really interesting but also kind of funny at the same time because like yeah they obviously don't go behind at home but they just had that run didn't they where they'd always just concede late anyway so it's like you don't even need to take the lead when you go and play them just wait until like the used to be waiting until the 80th minute or something and that's when you're gonna score yeah, and the um, last few last two home games were nil nil, I believe, as well. So yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> I just wanted to touch quickly on um beer shots and slightly plug our transfer special, which we are recording this week, which we are really looking forward to. We've got a massive Word document. We've been going through all the transfers, we've been dissecting all the transfers, and then we're gonna have like a really, really long chat about them. So we're really looking forward to releasing that. But it was kind of nice to see that Tisu Dali's last game for Beershot was him scoring the winner uh, against Leuven in that game. It was quite a nice like little send-off for him. Although he did kiss the badge, which I always find a bit weird if you kiss the badge and then the next day you're gone. <laughs> it's, just bit, uh, it's just a bit like like as as a fan of Beershot, you'd be a bit like, oh, okay, like that's a bit strange. Like, and then as a fan of Ghent, you'd be like, hang on a minute, like, <laughs> you sure you want to come here? So yeah, very very strange. But hey, I'm sure uh, he did it because he has really enjoyed playing there, and he definitely looks like he enjoys playing there. And as we're going to talk about Thursday, I think he's going to be a massive massive loss mm. um, for Beershot, especially as Joyce just said, the goal scoring is kind of drying up a little bit, and it kind of coincided with him not being in the team as much as well like Holzhauser to Tisudali was like a play that they like to run quite a lot just to get them in behind the defense and yeah be it someone else is going to have to start playing in that way um, I think what load of waffle kind of likened him a bit to Riyad Mahrez and I kind of like that comparison in terms of Riyad, what Riyad Mahrez was like at Leicester that sort of player that just kind of like was a really good attacking threat and if you took when you took him out of Leicester you could kind of see they didn't really have a player who could do what he does because they're quite rare for that level. So yeah, thanks Joyce as always for that roundup. And yeah, we've kind of just got two pieces of news to really touch on. Paul Clement, he got sacked by Circular, which is, yeah, I think we've said it pretty much every single week during this losing streak. It'd be such a shame to see him go after their start, but I guess losing 3-0 to St. Cluden was the final nail in the coffin. I don't think any of us can really be surprised about that. It's one of those games that the board would probably have looked at and said, we need to get, we need to win this one basically. And they didn't manage to do it. So yeah. What do you guys think? I'm sure we're all kind of in agreement that it's a shame, but 
it was kind of inevitable in the end. I'm I'm pretty sorry to see him go actually, just because I I kind of liked him as a personality actually, and his 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 um his pressers those press conferences were just have just been really good all season actually. He he, he did really honest, frank press conferences that, that just kind of set him apart from a lot of the other coaches. I thought you know most coaches give you know pretty standard textbook answer uh, answers to questions, but he he would give a bit more detail and he felt you're seen behind the veil a little bit with uh, Clement at his press conferences. So I'm going to miss them. See, when you look at the record, as Ben was saying, I think, you know, anybody with that record was was going to be for the chop, to be honest. And it's a shame. I feel, my gut feeling about it is, I think there are players in that dressing room at Circle who've, who've let them down, to be honest. I think there's been a little bit of discontent. Obviously, there was a there was a lockdown party that shouldn't have happened, which I think probably is a factor in some of this. There was a long-standing issue with Hazard as well, uh, which came to a head recently with him basically being permanently ejected from selection from the, the, the first-team squad, the senior squad. That sort of thing does affect a whole squad, no matter what actions taken. So I think there was lots of things going on that people couldn't see related to the squad that I think were, were working against the situation for them and it's a shame because they, they they had a great start as we all know and it looked like everything they were doing was was working and it's all just kind of come to a, a kind of crash and halt as they've gone off a cliff so I'll 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 be really sorry to see him go actually yeah and, and with that hazard thing it's it's always like I should have said it then but like like yes he's gone now but yeah now the coach is gonna go and then he's gonna come back into the squad probably because they I think they need him as well although yep. it's not been that impressive lately either by himself but just these are these things that these signs that like this can go one of two ways and it's most likely going the way that it's well it, it is going now yeah of course always sad to see someone being sacked um, although a few weeks ago a bit to get more cynical i said what's an episode without without a coaching change yeah here we are again <laughs> and we even got second one i believe we got two in a week. Two in a week. So we'll have to take to take bets to see if next season there's as many seconds as there is this season. Actually, we'll do that as part of our pre-season predictions. How many seconds is there going to be this season? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we should all pick who we think is going to go first. That'll be fun. And who's going to have the most managers? Because a couple of people have had a couple <laughs> of managers so far this season. Um. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm definitely with you guys. It's sad to see him go, but it was kind of inevitable in the end. Strange, kind of like how they just completely fell off a cliff and. I think what we saw with a lot of other teams is they've kind they kind of fell off well didn't fall off a cliff, but they'd have these bad runs and then get back out of them. Like every team this season seems to have done that, whereas they just never got that recovery shoot going. Like it'd be I think the biggest game I think for me was that Charlois game where they were two 0 up, I believe. Was it two 0 up at half time? And then ended up losing was it four three in the end or something like that? And it was just yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, it was like quite late on, wasn't it as well? And I think if they won that game, I think that was kind of like you know when you look back on the season, you think okay, that would have been a turning point because that winning that one, I think, would have given them so much more confidence because it's not like they were playing that badly either. It's not like they were terrible, and you didn't know what was going to happen. It was just they just couldn't get the wins. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting because I think the squad that they've got is good enough. Like I don't think they should be down where they are and like they kind of showed that at the beginning of the season so it's gonna be interesting to see who does come in and like what they do with the squad and at the moment they've just put two of the i think the under 21 guys are in charge um yeah. for the time being so yeah we'll see what happens because they're still they've got players that i like watching and stuff so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens and obviously we'll talk about their transfer window business because they're actually quite busy as well 
Also, uh, just a quick shout out to Christian Bruls for the for in that in that game that's got Clement sacked for a, a brilliant strike and then even more genius free kick variation uh, that that's well in the end was very important for Estevez's victory. Hundred, yeah, hundred percent. He has such a good game as well. Like we're definitely going to talk about him in our transfer window special because he kind of showed in that game why. He's definitely one of the one of their really. They've just had a really good transfer window. I think um, they signed some really good players, and he's definitely one of them. The other one is we talked about this situation at Courtrike like a few weeks ago. I was starting to think they were going to become a relegation candidates the way this was going because it was just so confusing. But they've decided that instead of waiting until the end of the season to bring in Luca Elsner, they've just done it a day after Yves van der Haag's birthday, which, um, <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Yves. I hope you had a nice celebration. No, uh, bugger off. Yeah, off you go, mate. <laughs> and I think, like, ultimately, I think it was, they've kind of got to where they should have been in the end, but just the way they've got there has just been such a mess. Like, if you, they, he, like, yeah, I think the whole idea of him going at the end of the season, but not going now, was just a bit strange. And then they've already lined up the replacements. It's like, why not just bring him in now if you can? So, yeah, our second sacking of the week was Yves. He's been sacked by Courtrike. Again, not surprised because of everything that's kind of transpired. But they kind of, they need to turn it around because they are in a bit of a slump, really. And they're kind of verging on going into a circular slump if they don't turn us around. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think that the, there is the they are on 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 a slide and it's no coincidence that this has happened around about all of this kind of falling out. I suppose that they, they have time in their side still and the, the decision has kind of been made now. Um, the interesting thing is obviously Elsner's coming in straight away rather than at the end of the season, which was supposedly the original plan. And obviously the the way it's been handled has, has led to, you know, a bit of sourness, which is just, you know, the plug's been pulled and and it's all kind of been brought forward, um, which probably was the right thing to do, to be honest. A degree of honesty and, and just getting on with it was is definitely something that, that I would have advocated. Look at Elsner, obviously, no, no stranger to Belgian football, had quite a successful shortish spell at Union Saint-Gelois a couple of years ago. Quite a highly thought of young Slovenian manager. He's only 38 just now. He's most recently been managing with Amiens in League 2 in France, which is a decent level, but he's also managed reasonably successfully in, in Cyprus and in his uh, home, Slovenia. I think he's won a Slovenian Cup. Yeah, quite quite a likeable character. And I, I think, you know, my view in this is this is kind of symptomatic, I think, of a change of direction that, that Kurt Reich are going in now. Um, there's obviously a little bit of cost cutting going on there, which I can understand. And I think they they, they, they feel that, you know, a, a younger manager is is the way forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've heard lots of good things about Luca Elsner, actually. So um, this this could be potentially quite a good fit, I think. Yeah, no, I think, like, again, kind of looking at, Courtrike and there's been some games this season I've really enjoyed watching them play like they've got some players that I really enjoy watching play as well so it's like is he going to be the man to get them back to playing that way one issue I guess like looking at the table and stuff they have dropped all the way down into 15th however Mm. the gap there's a gap starting to open up there because um, Circler in the uh, relegation playoff spot on 22 points Courtrike on 30 points so they've got that eight point cushion so by making the change now he's got like more time I guess because we don't know what the new manager if there's going to be a new manager bounce at circle if we presume there is that is going to like the eight point gap is going to 
decrease. So yeah, we're starting to see gaps at the top and gaps at the bottom, but kind of the in-betweens, there's still a little bit more of like a like wiggle room. So yeah, I think it was kind of the right decision finally has been made. And after that defeat they had on the weekend against Shallower, I think, yeah, I think you probably knew it was ne- he was never going to see the out the season given kind of like what the players are like well who are we playing for like everything of just it's just a terrible decision so again I'm sure he'll find another job as well like he's it's not like he's did a bad job at Courtwike before all this confusion came out um he, he is named at Circle for example exactly <laughs> so he yes, could yes that would yeah. be fun that would be I do love it when a, a manager leaves goes to a team in a similar relegation scrap and then you just see if he pulls them out and then him and Courtwike in a battle for relegation I'm sure that'd be I'm sure he'd love that not sure because white fans would love, love, love that to happen, but do love a bit of drama, so that'd be quite fun. I think that's all the news we have, guys. I don't think, obviously, transfer deadline day was yesterday, and obviously, I think I've said this for the third time now, we're not going to talk about it until the special episode. So, yeah, is there anything else you guys want to chat about before we move on to looking ahead? No, I think I'll, say, I'll save my fire for the uh, transfer window gorge fest, I think. <laughs> And then enjoy the, the cup games that are taking place. Well, actually, some of them taking place exactly right now. So that's also one of the reasons why that I have been a bit more quiet. I've been uh, updating our Twitter a little in the meantime. Uh, so I'm sorry for that. I'm just going to say, Eros, that's the thing here. Uh, at the BFP, we never stop. Even when we're recording, we have one eye on live croaky cup fixtures while putting this together. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yoris is a man of many talents. Absolutely. And the Multitasking. So far, they seem to be exciting as well. Absolutely. Let's look ahead to the fixtures that are coming up over the weekend. Yoris, I'm going to go with you first. Which game are you looking forward to the most? I think I'm going to take what would be a, a Scott type of, uh, of game. Uh, Beerschot against Antwerp. Uh, the yeah the return game of the derby. I think this was also a 3-2 victory for Antwerp in the first one. And yeah, just it's a derby, and it'll be interesting to see Beerschot without Tisodali in Antwerp. Also, how they will set up. Uh, they, they've had some activity on transfer deadline day, so we'll see if there's already someone new into the squad. I'm gonna pick that one, and of course, watch all of them. And of course, they're also watch watching because I think that if even if it's not an exciting game. We will have to see. Actually, I don't think it will be given how the <laughs> setup setup of it blue teams lately has been. Not not necessarily the level of play, but just like how, how yeah the setup has evolved. But uh, it could be a very important one in the uh, in the battle for the top four. Uh, it's against Anderlecht. So. Yeah, that's a good way of selling it. <laughs> like, it might not be exciting, but it is important. And sometimes the more important a game, like it gives you, it may be le- more exciting than it actually is. Yeah, but on the other hand, important games in itself tend to be more boring as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So true. The derby should be good, though. I'm definitely looking forward to the derby. Give give us the spice. Yeah, that's what we want. Scott, what are you going for now that Joris has probably taken your derby pick? Well, he hasn't actually, but I know know exactly what he meant. There was a wry smile on my face when he said that, because he's right, that's the sort of game I would kind of, you know, uh, single out. I've actually, um, I've underlined Usten's game at home to St. Truden this weekend, which is one of Saturday's fixtures. I've I've been really enjoying watching St. Truden recently. You know, they're they're coming to the boil quite nicely now, and Usten have been playing really well for for quite a while. So I think that, that on paper, anyway, promises to be um quite a good one i think 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's one I definitely had penciled down for. I think two sides that are quite enjoyable to watch at the moment going at it on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to go for the Friday game. Everyone who listens to this podcast know I always love a basement battle and I'm going for Musclon against Quadrike because if Musclon win, they close the gap on Quadrike to a single point and just kind of bring them back into that basement. If Quadrike win, they kind of reverse their little trend that they're on the little slide and also it'd be interesting to see new manager effects and all that stuff and yeah i quite enjoy watching musical at the moment they kind of always they stay in games i think you could probably say about them like with coffee obviously they're going to stay in more games but yeah they hang about they make games quite interesting so i'm gonna go for that one other games for you to watch we have circle Brugger against mechelen on the saturday vazen bevelen against club bruges so that's top versus bottom let's hope that it's one of those classic games where the bottom side beat the top side my team fortuna dusseldorf lost to the bottom side in the Switer league the other week so yeah it's painful but i'm sure as a neutral it's quite fun to watch uh we then have standard liege against leuven which should also be quite a good game uh charlois against the game on a sunday you also already said genk against andelect and then on sunday we finish off with ghent against urpen I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Thanks once again to Scott and yours for joining me as always. Always a pleasure. And of course, again, a shorter episode, but of course, this, uh, we will make up for that with the transfer window. Of course, there was a bit less uh, league news outside of transfers. It's all about transfers uh, in the last few days. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll be back with, uh, with you well soon, I guess in a weekend probably. Yeah, we've got some real goodies coming up as well so transfer window review we're going to be recording a, a really exciting exclusive episode really soon so exclusive actually we can't really say anything about it at the moment but we're all really excited about another special we've got coming up for you and we'll be able to tell you a little bit more about that soon absolutely yeah scott's been working very hard on his networks to get us this special episode and yeah it's, it's going to be a good one that's for sure and uh definitely an exclusive one and yeah definitely looking forward to the transfer window special it's going to be long i think it'll just even if we dedicated it just to talking about the departures from andelect would probably be sat there for a good hour because there's been so many so yeah definitely some plenty to get into on that as always special thanks to joseph mcdade for our intro and outro music as always again we are partnering with freelance football ops especially in lockdown time you may be thinking about getting involved in freelancing or writing in football Definitely check out Freelance Football Ops. They're definitely the place to go for this sort of stuff. They send you a weekly newsletter every single Monday, which just lists jobs in writing, design, video, audio, and any other kind of like football-related work that they find covering any sort of league, not just English leagues. You've got all around the world, women's football as well, a couple of esports and stuff like that. So yeah, find them on Twitter, search for Freelance Football Ops, or visit www.freelancefootballops.com. So yeah, as the guy said, we'll be back again next week with another episode alongside these special episodes that we're going to start releasing again. Also, we've got the European games coming up, so we may try and add a couple more special episodes in on those. Um, We know they were well received last time and we really enjoyed doing them. So we'll definitely check out doing a couple of those again for you. Of course, we'd love to hear from you guys. Any sort of questions, comments or feedback, please do get us know. Do let us know and get involved. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, of course, uh, at Belgian Podcast. Search for the Belgian Football Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us there as well and interact with us there again. Or you can attack us individually if you want to ask just individual questions. I'm at BenJack94. Scott is at Scott underscore coin and Joris is at Joris underscore Beck. Alternatively, if you want to avoid social media or maybe you're going to give it up for Lent, you can find us at belgianfootpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions there and we'll 
hopefully answer them in our podcasts and yeah if you have any transfer related questions definitely get those in soon because we will be recording in a couple of days thanks once again to everyone for listening hope you'll stay safe and we'll see you again soon on another episode of the belgian football podcast